Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 178, and I sat down with Jermaine Jackson. Not that Jermaine Jackson, a different Jermaine Jackson. Jermaine uh, works with the American Red Cross. He works in CPR training, uh, bloodborne pathogen training, disaster uh, training, that kind of thing. Super interesting conversation. I learned a lot. I think what we talked about is going to be very helpful for people to listen to. One of the things he mentioned, we started talking about the Heimlich maneuver, and he kind of offhandedly said something about Heimlich family being in a fight with the Red Cross. And I regret I did not ask him to go deeper into that because we went down a different path. But um, I looked it up online and found an article, and I'll put it on the links page because it was pretty interesting. One thing I want to bring up, uh, separate from the show, uh, is that my friend Sammy Plotkin, who's a fantastic artist, uh, just had a song come out that he and I wrote with our another friend of ours, Nikki Shannon Fernandez. Uh, so Sammy Plotkin, P-L-O-T-K-I-N. Uh, the song is called Work in Progress, and it's on Spotify and iTunes and all those good places. And it's a great song. I'm really proud of Sammy. His voice is divine. So it's very cool. I just wanted to let you all know you can find that out there in the world. Again, the song is called Work in Progress. So please help support indie music. Yay. Other stuff, social media, you can find Hey Human on Facebook and Instagram. I try and find fun and cool and different articles to put on those things. Um, The Instagram I use mainly to talk about the show and also interesting people throughout history that I write about on there. Well, technically... I get the copy from other places, but I always credit <laughs> where I get it from. Uh, but uh, check that out because it's pretty interesting stuff, I think, that I have found out there in the world. Susan Ruthism is the other place to find my social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay. And then you can go to SusanRuth.com if you want to know more about me personally. Uh, rate and review Hey Human Podcast on iTunes. And check out the Hey Human Podcast website. Uh, the links page where I curate a lot of information that is discussed in every episode. You'll also find the Amazon portal on there on the front page. You can click on the Amazon portal, shop Amazon as normal, and it helps support Hey Human, which is really cool. If there is a person you think I should talk to or an interesting topic or whatnot, or you just want to say hi, email me, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. I'd love to get your emails. And uh, I think that's about it. So let's get into this. Thank you for listening. And uh, here we go. Jermaine Jackson, thank you for being on Hey Human. Thank you for having me on Hey Human. How many times? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. How many times uh, have people said something about your name as you've grown up? Uh, Let's say daily. Yeah. Twice a day, at least. Really? <laughs> at least. It's going to be so annoying. <laughs> I know. Oh, well. it's, it goes both ways. Either people, either it's, people say to me, either it's annoying or like, oh, you got the coolest name on earth. Yeah. And I always say, oh, uh, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with some history, that's exactly. for sure. Exactly. Yeah. If it was Bo Jackson, it might be cool. Ooh, or, I like Bo Jackson. Samuel Jackson. That oh, would be cool. a yeah. great one as well. Drain there Jackson. are plenty of... of Good Jacksons to make up for the bads, I suppose. Yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. Every time they do something crazy, I got to hear about it, though. Yeah. 
And it's like people think like it say it's me like, hey, Jermaine, I saw that you did this or you're on Big Brother or you said I'm like, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> but they people think, just always grasping. They just yeah, they're just trying to be funny. Now, I will say once this is crazy. This recently like crazy. Just one recent crazy thing. All the stuff happened with Michael Jackson with the um, with the documentaries yeah. and all that stuff. Right. Literally go to a store, check something out. Showed him my ID. Lady looks me right in my face and says, oh, your brother's a child molester. Right to my face. And I was like, okay, so uh, what do I come back with with that? Oh, my Ridiculousness. gosh. That's a bold yeah. move on her part. Also, move. not you. So Exactly. Not me, unless I got some good work done and I'm 40 years younger. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, so Jermaine's it's, up there, right? Yeah, I guess it's got to be in late 60s. Yeah, it's got to be. got to be. Yeah. 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 So. Crazy. Anyway. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so we met uh, in, in a random way. And when you told yeah, me yeah, that you <laughs> do stuff for the Red Cross, uh, that intrigued me. So I'm really excited to hear all about it. Yes. So your official capacity with the Red Cross is? My official capacity with the health, with the Red Cross is health specialist. And what does that mean? And so basically health specialist entitles basically CPR, first aid, that aspect of things, AED. But I go out to places and certify them in CPR, first aid, AED. What's now, AED? AED stands for Automated External Defibrillator. Oh. And everybody's seen one before. That's why you put a pass on the person's chest. And you go, clear. clear. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So everybody's seen one before. But um, so that's just a brief overview. Now that embraces basic levels. So let's say, I don't know, someone that works at um, a grocery store to like medical professionals, like like um, paramedics, EMT. So it's different levels. So you teach all the way up through. I, yeah, I teach all the way through because it's interesting. Certain companies have to be certified, and it's places that the average person just wouldn't even think of that that have to be certified that you wouldn't think. Like, for instance, a tattoo parlor. Oh. Not often they see people pass out. That makes sense. Frequently, yeah. So um, that's one. Let's see another place. Um, wedding planners. <laughs> A lot of people pass out getting married. So they have to be certified on. <laughs> yeah, oh, somebody has to be like like certified certified there. So certain places that you really wouldn't think about, like oh, and then when you think when you do think about, it, like oh yeah, a lot of people do pass out at weddings. Yeah. My best friend, somebody passed out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would think that gyms would be a big one. Gyms, all gyms, even if it's a gym the size of a bedroom, they have to be certified. And they have, and they have to have. A lot of people don't know this. They have to have a AED, the automated external defibrillator, because a lot of people, if someone were to faint at a gym, it's a high likelihood that they could be cardiac related. So that's why all gyms, regardless of how big they are. Person, private gyms, they have to have an AED. It's got to be scary yeah. to, to be the person standing over the person that is now passed out and to know whether or not you should. Because can you hurt somebody by using a defibrillator if they don't need it? He, yes, that's, that's a yes, no question. The new defibrillators are totally automated. So there's no way that that could happen. Mm -hmm. So let's say if you were a common place that, let's just say you were in a... Um, in a in an airport and you saw a defibrillator you took it off and said oh i'm gonna put this on myself and then it's gonna say analyzing heart rhythm no shock advised 
because it's checking you internally. Okay. As it was, you know. At Thank goodness the, for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I do from the basic classes to the more advanced classes. So depending on the level that that person needs. Now, when you start talking about paramedics, EMTs, they need a more advanced um they need a more advanced training. When I say advanced training, so the basic care, you have like citizen CPR. So citizen CPR is just a basic free CPR. You can take it online. Also, if you go to airports now, I know a few airports have them. I think they might have it at LAX. I know they have it in Detroit. There's an actual machine. I don't know if you've seen it. It just says try CPR. And it's like this little like this little sponge type thing. And they said, just push down and it beeps and let you know if you're going deep enough. And that's just citizen CPR. So let's say the random Joe passes out. Average person doesn't know what to do. If somebody passes out, I always like to say, if you think about it, let's say if you went to a store and you got a hundred people or a gas station and said, hey, if somebody were to pass out, would you know what to do? Out of a hundred people, how many people you think know what to do? Two. That's my guess. Good answer. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be about 2%, no more than 5% of yeah. people that know what to do in an emergency situation. So some people are going to panic. The problem with that is when someone passes out, people don't do anything. So I'm going to quiz you now. So the way to do it, so I'm put it all together. So people don't do anything. If someone were to pass out and they're not breathing, how long does it take for a person roughly to start to get brain damage, you think? Uh, I'm going to go with brain damage. Mm -hmm. um, Beginning, like maybe. 15 time. seconds. That's my guess. Uh, I think you can hold your breath that long. I promise. I can? Yeah. Oh, okay. Can. 30 seconds. Minute and a half. I'm just going <laughs> You see what I know is now. No, I have no idea. You get, you get like, let's say, not even professional swimmers, just say a high school swimmer. They can swim down the pool and come back and hold their breath for at least two minutes-ish. But okay. they're in really, really good shape. Yeah. Average person... Um, that's because there's enough oxygen in the blood to carry exactly okay. and their heart rate so if I just sit here I'm relaxed and I just <gasps> hold my breath uh, hopefully I can get 30 seconds but if I'm in a traumatic situation my heart is boom, 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 beating really fast Yeah. so therefore I'm going to use up oxygen faster so you got about two and a half three minutes before you start to get start to get brain damage I had a, a teacher over at Second City and he mm -hmm. in order for us to get awake from after class Tim he uh, mm -hmm. he had us hold our breath for as long as we could he was timing it I think really? if I remember right uh -huh. but we were just, our eyes were bulging out it seemed to go on forever <laughs> he's like keep going you know we're like no what was I the was record? shocked how long I don't even know but it seemed I think he said a minute I think we did it See? for a minute yeah. And I just thought, I'm going to die right here in Second City. <laughs> I always say, you have a football coach. He has good like, dimples, so it would be a good last thing to see before yeah, you die. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. yeah, I was like, wow, I can't believe I held my breath that long. Yeah, you can. You can. But when you start creeping up about two-ish minutes, no, we got a problem. You you passed out by then, first of all. Because like you said, you got to a minute. You was like, hold up. This is not good right now. So even if you're in decent shape. You relax and everything. Yeah, about a minute, you're going to kind of feel some kind of way. Like you're losing oxygen. Mm -hmm. You'll pass out. But hold that thought, too. You don't have brain damage at that point. So now let's stretch that to two minutes, two and a half minutes. Ooh, we got a problem. Now I'm going to add something on to that. So we have a person that's laying there, right? And we know two, two and a half minutes, brain damage possible. We, we're not doing anything, but we panic. So we do call 911. 
How long is it going to take 911 on average to show up? Uh, am I a white person or a black person? Um, <laughs> we're in the middle of the road neighborhood, so no extreme on either side. <laughs> am Depends I, on what hood you yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Am I three to five minutes is my guess. That's fast. Is That's that? Fast. Yeah, probably the really fastest know. EMT is going to show up. It's like five. Okay. Average probably U.S. response time. They, they want to get between seven and ten minutes. Okay. Fast is really five, and that means that the fire department EMTs are right up the street, and I call directly to them. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Now, when you start talking about 911, it depends. If you do call 911, who shows up first? Firefighter. Exactly. Every it's time. not the police. Yeah. Yeah, firefighters are the first. They're the, the, the Marines mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. they go into battle first. In the, in the community. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is, too, if you do have a, a, a fire station close to you, call them. First, directly, di di directly. because skip the middleman, which would be the operator. Yeah, at that point, that's good information yeah. to have. Yeah, stuff know like your that. Local, know your know your local area. Fire. Yeah, yeah. And station. We'll, we'll get more into that about um, disasters a little bit later. Okay. Knowing your local area. Yeah. But um, so we have our person laying here, right? We don't know what to do because, like we said, the average person doesn't know what to do. I panic. I do call nine one one. The fastest they probably gonna show up is five minutes. We just said brain damage is it exactly three yeah, ish. So yeah. once we get to five minutes, we're in a bad situation. Does it make a difference of the overall health of the individual if I'm yes. obese or mm -hmm. you know have a drug pro you know or any exactly. alcohol you know all that kind of stuff? Exactly, yeah. all that stuff plays into sure. factor. We're saying that person is like well, let's pretend we're saying that this person's healthy. Yeah, a healthy person. Right. Average response time is going to be closer to seven ish minutes. By the time seven to ten minutes, irreversible brain damage. So I have to do something. So rewinding back to what we were talking about to begin with, the thing at the airport is citizen CPR. Well, I'm just going to give chest compressions. That, ooh, Be, ooh, uh, ooh, uh, stay alive, stay alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just don't sing another one, Bites of Dust. <laughs> got the oh, same yeah. beat. <laughs> same beat, yeah. <laughs> that might not be good. But Is that true then, <clears throat> that office episode, that that is the correct? That is correct. Isn't That's that a great so episode, funny? too. <laughs> I hear about that all the time yeah. in class. Yeah. <laughs> so that is true. That is the beat. That's, that, okay. that, that will keep you on pace. Okay. But um, so How do you know how hard to push if you've never done it before? That's a good question. So the little thing at the, at the um, airport, it does kind of let you know if you're going deep enough. But here's the interesting thing. If you've never done it before... That can be scary, obviously, for a lot of people, because here's the thing. You do want to go about two inches deep on somebody's chest. So you start thinking about, Ribs. you know, in your head, yeah. two inches, my chest is not really meant to go down that far. So that's going to be a problem. So here's the thing that a lot of people don't know. Anytime you give CPR, there's a high likelihood that you're going to crack the cartilage or break a rib. So that's kind of... So just be okay with just it. Just be okay with that. Better that than a dead brain. Exactly. Or because if you're pushing too like, oh, I really don't want to hurt this person. Uh, you're not doing it right. You might as well not do anything. Now, why so is it that hard. instead of just breathing into them? Um, Because that's a good point, too. I'm the person. I see this person laying here. I don't know them. Sure. CPR consists of compressions and breaths. That's the perfect scenario. Compressions and breaths. But John Doe passes out in the grocery store and I'm like, oh, I don't feel comfortable giving breaths to you. Now I got a question for you now. So when I give breath to somebody, I should I should see the chest do what? Oh, expand. It should expand. Sure, yeah. But here's the thing. We kind of panic and you breathe into that person. Some of the air is going to pass the lungs and go into the stomach. 
guess what's going to happen just about any time you breathe into somebody? Vomit? Yeah. Wee. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, a fun thing to get in your mouth. Yeah, Unless exactly. you're into that kind of thing. Unless you like that. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. That certainly <laughs> is. <laughs> but, um, but that's part of it. Disease transmission. And it's not a pretty situation when a person goes through a traumatic situation also. If you get sick with the flu or whatever, the first thing a person's going to do is probably want to vomit. So if you pass out due to a traumatic situation, you're, if you have anything in your stomach, you're probably going to vomit. That's why you want to put people on their sides? or If they do vomit, then roll them to their side. But then I got to sweep it out and then I got to continue giving breath to that person. But most people don't have a breathing barrier with them. A what? A breathing barrier. So oh, yeah, yeah. in first aid kits, they have like this little breathing barrier that you put on the person's face because the high likelihood of them vomiting. So when I breathe into them, if they vomit, guess what? It stays on their side. But without that, you probably won't feel comfortable. Sure. So it's enough to breath. do the compression without the It's breathing? enough to just to do the compression. So because the thing is, going back to calling 911, EMT showing up, I panic, I do nothing, I wait for them to show up, it's too late. Because here's the thing, when someone passes out, right before they passed out, they were breathing. So they got some oxygen in them. So I just need to circulate that. Ah. Just do that. Just, just do, do that. that. And you just keep Best. doing it until somebody shows until up. Until somebody shows up. So how... What's Call 911 fast as possible, though. Is there any kind of <clears throat> pressure idea in your head? You know, like the ooh, 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 staying alive? That's is there, the pace. Yeah, yeah. So is there any, like, pushing down on your sandwich after you put cheese on <laughs> That's it? That's a good point. You want to it out, you know, or whatever. Um, what could I come up with? Uh, you know what? I hadn't thought about it. Like, what, what would be an example of... Because we don't, really don't push down on much. You know, I yeah. really I don't have a good answer for that. Okay. It's just that roughly, and most people don't know what two inches is, but you want to kind of go two inches. It's further than you think. Sure. If I would say about what a your pinky, pinky mm-hmm, about the depth of your pinky. Yeah. So if you push Depending it, on it's how big not your hands going, are, obviously. Yeah, that's true. You might have a Shaquille O'Neal pinky. <laughs> <laughs> that's like eight inches. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, so it's more of a feel. And here's another interesting thing. So we want to keep that depth the same for any adult. But adult comes in different sizes, right? So we consider an adult roughly, if you're over 55 pounds, you ain't considered to be an adult. Oh, but okay. the but the size matters because if you're smaller, obviously it's easier to compress that person's chest to two inches. If they're bigger, I got to put a little bit more pressure. So you see what I mean, how yeah. it'll fluctuate. Sure. But Is there the, any danger of um, piercing uh, anything when you're break, if you break a rib while you're doing it? Good point. So... There is if you do it incorrectly. Ah. So if you would reach like in the center of your chest, your center of your chest, you have your sternum, right? Mm -hmm. If you come off to the side of your sternum, either direction, left or right, then I'm right on top of what? A heart or a lung? No. Well, uh, what's what's protecting my heart is my my ribs. Yeah, your rib cage. My rib cage. So if I come off to the side, I'm pushing right into the ribs. Not good. Don't do that. Because I'm going to push the ribs into that person. Yeah. And then I'm going to puncture their lungs. I can puncture yeah. their lungs then. But if I'm on the sternum, the sternum compresses the whole chest. The whole chest. Now, I could still crack the ribs, but it won't push into that person. It's just kind of floating. So keep on that sternum. Mm-hmm. And you keep can on feel where that is on a person. Mm-hmm. Right in the center of the chest. It's weird if you do it to yourself. Everybody, unless you're driving, do it mm-hmm. to yourself. It doesn't feel like it like, would we'll move at all. No, right? it's like no, it ain't <laughs> like, budget. It's like I'm not going anywhere. I'm yeah. good. But like, take another way is the armpit, and then come straight across. 
And that'll put you right in the right spot, right in the center of the chest. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm pushing straight down. So yeah, it's if you're doing it correctly, it's a high likelihood that you're probably gonna crack cartilage or break a rib. But don't worry about that. Because we all know a lot of people have broken bones. We, we can heal. heal up from that. Six sure. weeks, you all right. Hard to heal from brain damage. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now going back to what we were talking about here, person's laying there, I'll at least give compressions. Now, the perfect scenario, that's if I don't know. Perfect scenario is still compressions and breaths. Because at one point, um, it was this whole thing and on the, um, they had commercials. C um, CPR is compressions only, compressions only. No, if you know this person, you care about this person. Going back to that standard time that EMTs are going to show up, you preferably want to give compressions and breaths. And is it breathe, push, push, push? So it would be 30 compressions back to back and then two breaths ah. 30 compressions two breaths now the breaths the reason the breaths work because here's the biggest myth i think with cpr is that people think oh yeah i'm gonna learn cpr and know how to bring a person back and it's like uh time out that's not happening that's tv when they jump up and like oh thank you for those compressions i appreciate that <laughs> like no because the heart is actually what it stopped so you don't start the heart back by giving cpr you're what? just oxygenating the body. Exactly. I'm circulating the blood because I'm squeezing down on the chest, like you were saying. And I'm circulating the blood and I'm breathing into that person. Because what happens is when you breathe in, you don't use all of your oxygen. So you breathe out enough to put into someone else. Doesn't give them too much CO2 or anything? No. Uh -uh. Because, yeah, all, all the extra, your body, kind of like when we breathe in regular air, we breathe in some of everything. Yeah. Especially out here in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> but what your body doesn't need, you breathe, you it comes back out. And you don't use all of your oxygen. So I breathe out in plenty of oxygen to breathe into somebody else. That's a really good point, though. I think it. that people think that when you're doing the compressions that that's what's starting the heart. But it has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with it. I think that's a really important thing yeah. to know. Which takes us back to the AED, the automated external defibrillator. External meaning like I have these external pads that I'm going to put on this person. Boom. And I'm going to shock them. Because some people have pacemakers sure. and stuff. And so that'll be internally. It's going to do it automatically, automatically there. But my best case scenario for someone who I know about, I care about, to give them time until EMS arrives so they don't have any brain damage, even if it takes them 15 I had a class today, 30 minutes to show up. That's a long time. But if I'm doing CPR this whole time, they don't have brain damage. So I'm just trying to give you a chance when someone else shows up because they can shock the person. They can use adrenaline. They can use pacemaker. They can do a lot of things to try to bring that person back. Now, the likelihood is really slim when it's that much time. But what if the airway is blocked? How do they take care of that? Uh, so there's different ways of the airway being blocked. The tongue, right? Yep, yeah, from the tongue. Um, hence, when I give the breaths, I have to do what with the head? I have to tilt the person's head back. Because when you tilt the person's head back, it gets the tongue out of the way. And if you think about it, when you naturally, when a person leans back, their mouth naturally does what? It opens. <laughs> so, which gets Everybody the just did that. I know everybody <laughs> just did that. <laughs> you tilt the head back. Yeah, your mouth, the person's mouth opens. And that clears the tongue or the you way. put mascara on them because hands down you put on mascara your mouth will open that's the other option when you're doing cpr just put mascara on the victim and their mouth will and open, mouth right, will open. open. <laughs> right open right <laughs> up 
So, um, so tilt the head back. Tilt the head back. That opens up the airway. Yeah. So, so we gotta have it. Got gotta have the airway open. So, that's one thing that could block the airway, obviously. Yeah. Baby, baby CPR is different. Yeah, baby CPR is the same, but a lot different because of the size. The of biggest, the baby. The size, yeah, the size of the baby. If you got yourself a big baby, <laughs> this is what you got to do. Exactly. So we're talking about, like, when I say baby, I'm talking um, newborn to a year. They can't walk. They, they're small. We'll really just say newborn is six months. Even the smallest person, your hand is too big to compress their chest. Use two or three fingers in the center of their chest to compress their chest. Same thing, find the sternum. Find the sternum right across the nipple line for the baby. And then we're. It's, I'm sorry, you can't say nipple on air. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's no saying nipple on this show. <laughs> no, no. Okay. What are you thinking? <laughs> Armpit line. We're gonna go across and give <laughs> 30 compressions on the baby. The number is the same whether I'm dealing with a a, a baby, a child, or an adult. The numbers always 30. 30 compressions, always two breaths. Why 30? Why yeah, is that? Magic? Because they want more circulation of the oxygen. You know, throughout that person's body. So that's why they increase the number from 15 to 30. But I want to use two or three fingers in the center of the chest. And I don't have to push as hard, obviously. But the other most important thing is, is the breath. When you breathe into a baby, you don't have to pinch their nose. You use your mouth to cover their whole mouth and nose. Now, here's another major, major thing. It's not a breath. It's just a puff of air. What does that mean? Just a puff like of air? <gasps> like you're blowing out a candle. Oh. That's it. Because a baby's lungs is about as big as your thumb. Mm. And so if you give them a a breath, that's too much air. You could pop their lungs. Ooh, yeah, that, that's awful. Yeah, we want the baby to make it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you didn't mention pinching of the nose for the adults. So. Yeah, for the adult. Yeah. To get the air to go in, when you tilt the head back, I have to pinch the nose and then breathe in. Okay, good. Yeah. Because if not, and then you're like, oh, they're breathing. That'll be your breath coming through their nose, breathing on your cheek. So... Yeah. Try not to panic. Try not to panic. Yeah. Now, here's another situation. A person is like, they come in a room and they're panicked. And they got that weird look in their face. And then, boom, they go down. So, initially, when they go down, you're looking around. Like, hey, what happened? I'm looking at the scene, scenario. What happened? All this stuff is happening instantly. So, they go down. So, I walk up to them. What's the first thing I need to, I want to know if they're doing? Throwing up? No, they just went. Seizure? See, I'm not trying to assess them at this point as to what happened. Because here's the thing. What the condition is, I really don't care at that point. I just saw this person go down. I want to know if they're doing what? Breathing. 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 Uh, I need to know right away, are you breathing? It's always about the breathing. It's always about the breathing. That's really the only thing. Unless they're bleeding out or something. And then I guess you want to tourniquet Uh, something. But we'll get there. Yeah, we're going to get there. (laughs) And I'm going to just cut you off right there. Bleeding trumps breathing. That's a tongue twister for the day. Bleeding trumps breathing. Okay. Because you could die faster from bleeding, bleeding yeah. than breathing. So, yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I tap the person. Hey, are you okay? And I'm yelling at them as I approach them. I tap them. Then I got to get my ear down there to listen to see if they're breathing, right? They're not breathing. Obviously, I've gotten someone to do what? Call 911. Call 911. And or the fire department. Or the fire department. Or right to the fire department. And then I'm going to start CPR. Now, here's my scenario. This person ran into the room because they were choking outside. And they came in here to let us know, I'm choking, putting their hand around their neck. But they passed out. 
So we didn't know that. So going back to when you was talking about the airway being blocked. So the airway is blocked. That's why they passed out. So I'm still going to do the same procedure as far as calling 911, listening for breathing, nothing, start CPR. And the reason for that is, is because if they have an object that's blocking their airway and then I compress <laughs> their chest, guess what's that going to do to the object? Force it out? Going to force it out. Going to force it out. And if they just passed out, then <coughs> that person probably start back, start back breathing. So there's different ways. But the Heimlich is down lower, right? That's... Now, I was just about to add that. Now, that's if they pass, that's if they're unconscious and choking, the airway's blocked. If I'm sitting at the table eating something, that's a totally different procedure, which is the abdominal thrust, which we call it the abdominal thrust because Mr. Heimlich, he don't like for you to use that unless you pay him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we call it the abdominal thrust, but everybody's seen it. Everybody knows yeah. what it's called. Um, you come around a person, you find your belly button of your your neighbor, whatever you want to call it. Your hand goes pretty much right at it, but a little bit above. And then just squeeze a little bit. That's the spot. Yeah. And the reason I say that, find your, your belly button, because if you come up higher and squeeze, you lose your leverage. You're not going to get it out. You'll break that person's ribs, but you won't get it out. Because yeah. the whole point of a conscious choking person is... To knock the, I'm knocking the wind out of the person. And if you come high up in that person's chest, you lose your leverage and you won't be able to get that optic out. So yeah. the lower you are, the better. Yeah. And so you just thrust up. You just thrust up in a J motion. Thrust up in a J motion. Thrust and, up in a J motion. Yeah. And, right. and, and it's quick. It's more of a quick thrust than a hard thrust. Don't do that. Yeah. Just kind of a quick upwards thrust. Yeah. But that brings me to special situations with choking. I'm going to ask you a question. What if someone is choking, a woman is choking and she's pregnant? Oh, goodness. I have no idea. No idea. So what you would do with that situation, two things you can do. You put your arm across her chest, get her to lean over, and since she's kind of in your arm, hit her in the back. Mm. Back blows. Also, if she's standing up, you can get behind her, come all the way up to the center of her chest and squeeze inwards that way. Going uh, back to what I was doing earlier. Making a vibration yeah, to try but, and dislodge would, it. Yeah, I would squeeze it because really what I'm doing, you hear the air coming out because I'm squeezing that person's lungs and pushing air up. Yeah. So that's another What about uh, the, the pen... The huh. big pen tracheotomy. <laughs> That's great. On television. <laughs> That'll get you in trouble under the Good Samaritan Law. <laughs> What's the Good Samaritan Law? Now, the Good Samaritan Law, anytime you give care to somebody, regardless of the scene, regardless of the situation, you're not held liable for any bodily injury or death in that scenario in which you're helping somebody because that's backtrack to what we were talking about. If you give CPR, it's a high likelihood of what's going to happen with the chest. Break some stuff. I can't sue you that for that. The person can't sue you if you broke We're that person's ribs. We're trying to save ribs. their life. Mm -hmm. If they, if you don't, if this person doesn't make it from the CPR, they can't sue you. Say, oh man, you know, it's your fault. You killed that person. Mm -hmm. oh, no, I didn't. I was trying to make the situation better. Is that a law in every state? Yes. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that law is in every state. Um, now, going back to if I'm choking and you try to give me the tracheotomy from Grey's Anatomy, you liable for that. Because <laughs> that's like going above and beyond your level that's of training. Surgery, so yeah. It has to be something pretty much ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be held liable in that scene, that situation. I got another question for you. What if someone's choking and they're too big for you to get around, for you to get your arms around? You get two people? 
If you got two people. <laughs> Would that work? No, nah, that won't work. Oh. Um, what I'm going to have to do. Step on them? I don't know. <laughs> if they're really big, you might be able to lean them over, hit them in the back. Maybe. if if So you're assessing the situation like instantly, right? Or if they're like huge, you get them in, you get in front of that person and you kind of put one leg, one leg in front of you, one leg behind you. And you do that uh, like, thrust. Yeah. A thrust up in their, in their abdominal region. With a flat hand. With a flat hand, just pushing by their navel. Boom. Just push up really quick and really hard. Okay. But if they're up against the wall, you can kind of, the wall will support them and you can push up that. That's way. a choking victim. That's for choking. Right. Yeah. What if you are by yourself? And you're choking. And you start choking. I've heard that you can kind of thrust into yourself. I don't know if that's true. Or throw yourself over a chair or something. Yeah, there you got it. Yeah. yeah. A chair, countertop, tabletop, whatever you have available. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do that. I think that's the big, I think of all like emergency situations, first aid situations, I, I would say that's the biggest thing to share with other people. Like, hey, so I'm listening to, I was listening to this podcast about CPR and first aid. And then just ask your friends, hey, if you were to choke right now by yourself, what would you do? Right. Most people don't know what to do. I was at my, uh, in Nashville and I was sitting on my couch watching Netflix. It was a Friday night. It was late and I was eating popcorn and I started choking on the popcorn. And I thought, this is how a single bitch dies right here, right, here, right now. They're going to find my body. They're going to just be like, oh. Sad. <laughs> How did you get it out? How, what happened? I, I did a series of really strong. I I didn't didn't use my hand. I just kept going really uh, hard, yeah. and it popped back, uh, back out. You had you were able. You still had a somewhat of an airway yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Know, to kick it out. Yeah, it's scary though, but right? It is scary. Yeah, you're it's like, scary oh, to choke when you're by yourself. You're like, I'm dying right now. That sucks. It's like it's been a good one. That wasn't my plan. <laughs> yeah, Wish I had shaved my legs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the easiest thing. A lot of people don't know that. But the, I think the big thing with all of this, like I was saying, most people don't know what to do is the fear factor. Panic, the, yeah. The panic factor yeah. that kicks in um, if something were to happen, even if it happens to you, like like I say, the choking. Like, okay, let me calm down. I know I'm choking. Let me fall over this countertop, tabletop. Basically, I'm doing the abdominal thrust on myself. Yeah. Boom, not going to win. Even if you have to get your own hands and do it yourself mm -hmm. real quick. Get it out because you have to because we're not relying on someone else to show up because most likely that might not happen. I know that when I've had trouble, um, like if I've swallowed water down the wrong thing mm -hmm. and you start coughing <laughs> like a maniac, that if I when I lift my arms up above my head, that helps uh -huh. a lot. And same with yeah. if I run, uh -huh. if I'm feeling winded, I lift my arms up above my head for some reason. That, and I don't know if that's all in my mm -hmm. head. Is that a real thing? That's, now, the choking, you always hear that. You hear that a lot, I hear that a lot in class. Like, oh, raise your hands up if you're choking. That's basically you raising your hand and letting everybody know something's wrong with you. Because it won't make the choking part better. Okay. Someone actually has to come by and get that object out for you and do the thrust, do the thrust for you. Mm. That's right. how you get it out. Let's but running, that's mm. a whole nother thing. My background is athletics. Oh. And um, um, yeah, that that does open up your 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 lungs and you do get more oxygen that way. Lifting yeah. your arms? Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you if if you put your arms above your head or just on your hips, it expands your 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 um your lung, you get more air capacity that way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Let's talk tourniquets. Tourniquets. Only if it's life threatening bleeding. Life threatening bleeding. From an artery. And your major arteries are where? There's one in the neck. Neck, yeah. There's the femoral and the leg. Inner portion leg of the leg. Leg is kind of inside the thigh. -ish. Inside the thigh going all the way down. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, um, where else? Two more. There's two more. Okay. 
I assume there's, so I know there's the one in the neck. I know there's mm -hmm. the one there. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, under the armpit? Yep, under the armpit, all the way to the elbow. Okay. Yep, there, and Spider-Man. And your wrist, the wrist, which is why the suicide, they slice there. Exactly. And yeah. if you hit a major artery, you can roughly bleed to death. Depending uh, on how your heartbeat is. Exactly. Yeah. And, and if you cut yourself, your heartbeat is definitely going to be what? Faster. It's going to be really, really fast. So you're probably going to... If, you, if you know how to be a Buddhist, and, and <laughs> relax, relaxation. Because the slower your heart rate, the slower the slower pumping the of the blood. Exactly. And so if your heart, your heart rate is most likely going to be high. But you got about two minutes-ish. Yeah. How much blood does a human need to lose before they are gone? And exsanguinate? Oh, is that the word? Yeah. Can't believe I picked you that out of somewhere. That word. Yeah, you just pulled that out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know where that came from. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Insanguinate. It's sanguinate, right? Insanguinate. Yeah. yeah. Sounds uh, like a really delicious drink that I would get in Brazil or something. <laughs> 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 what about that leader? You start getting, and it happens fast. It happens a really, liter really is good. all it takes to yeah. lose. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's a lot of blood. It's how many pints are in a liter? I don't actually know that. Now we're getting into math. You got I know. Them. Yeah. I think, do we have nine pints of blood in our body? Something like Something that. Something like that, yeah. 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 But, but yeah, is that but true it, no it matter what? Like, yeah. no, whoever you are, you have the same, pretty much, give or take, maybe a half a point, pint to a pint. Everybody's got that much or does it depend on your it size it depends on size oh okay yeah, size. Yeah. okay it definitely depends on your size i always wondered yeah. that yeah yeah shat got a little bit more blood than we do that's true on a <laughs> lot of levels really <laughs> exactly <laughs> a lot of levels yeah. um, size matters but yeah yeah tourniquets only if it's life-threatening and i think the biggest mistake you can't tourniquet right where i injured it so i got to come up a little bit toward the heart and then and then tight as tight, you can get up. it tight as you can get it Find a stick or something. And that needs it. to be something that's more flexible. Sometimes like, oh, get a belt. Well, if I get a belt, I got to pull it and I got to hold it. That's going to be tough. And it's going to catch your skin and stuff like that. So that's a little tricky. You need more of a tie. Like get grab a stick off a tree, maybe um, a shoelace, something like that. Yes. People have shoelaces still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, do people have shoelaces? I really don't, I don't have any shoelaces on right now. But like a shoelace, a string, a cord, something like that to tie it. Something that I can st put a stick in there and then twist it. Mm -hmm. You could do if you're out in the woods, you could look yes. for a vine and a stick or yeah, yeah. be resourceful. Be resourceful, yeah. Cause yeah. Bleeding is at the top of the list as far as um. Yes, yeah, as, far, as far as death. And and you think about it, a lot of the issues, situations we've been having in the U.S. now, you know, with the mass shootings and stuff like that. When it is at a public place and there are EMTs already there, like the Boston Marathon, Vegas, more people survive because there are more people that know what to do in that situation. Because if I have a bad bleeding injury where I did cut my wrist, my arm or whatever, you put a tourniquet on there, I can make it because I'm not going to bleed out. So if it is... 20, 30, 40 minutes until I get to to the hospital, my, I hadn't bled out. So I'm just buying time for that person. Because all of this stuff we're talking about is about buying time until I get you to the next person. That can fix you. That can fix you. Yep. I got to buy you some time till you can keep you alive into the next person. And we're is. talking about the most simplistic, uh, simplistic of scenarios. scenarios yes. Because mm -hmm. you teach that, but then go into... 
way deeper stuff like mm. natural disasters yeah, and exactly. uh, war stuff too or or now just more or less the natural disasters when you start talking about um people responding to natural disasters or being in an area where a natural disaster has happened the biggest thing that starts to get people really fast is water obviously which you need water we all know that but disease transmission disease transmission because every time you're watching tv and you're seeing you know recently we had the thing down in the bahamas and year it seems like every year something happens but you see flooding even if it's not a hurricane it's been raining and such and such for a long time for a couple of days and it's a lot of five people just died in houston oh from the one that just, just did, now, did, yeah that just happened yep, yeah exactly from the floods and it'll sneak up on you but the thing is when when an area floods it floods from the bottom up, meaning the bottom up, meaning the sewer up. So when you see a flooded area, that's not a sanitary area. You see people walking in that water. That is not sanitary. Water. Yeah, I don't think people. Yeah. Well, there's people that. There's that. also yeah. down power lines in down, the water, which exactly. is electricity. Safety is huge. Yeah, exactly. And if they're in there, they think, oh, I'm in my boat. But your boat, the bottom of your boat's metal. Metal. You just got electrocuted. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. So it's this true safety aspect of of response, of response and disease transmission and then having clean water, let alone food and things like that. That's why you disaster can go a while services is huge. Without the food, it's the, wa- the clean water. It's the clean the water. It's the clean water. And that takes you back to like, you know, survival mode, which the Red Cross, we teach like wilderness classes. And that's more or less like, hey, if I'm just out and about. And I don't have anything. I got to just feed off the land type thing. But that could be the same scenario of you in a disaster, even if it's a community setting. I got to say, one of the greatest classes I took in high school, it was taught by a former Marine. He was, I can't remember his name. He was a great teacher. Uh, and it was wilderness survival class. Yeah. And I learned so much in that class yeah. and about how to get fresh water when there really isn't is no fresh, you know how it's, to it's major yeah, yeah how to turn things like a stick and a and a blade of grass into something you know how to find help or get reflective materials Material. in places where nature doesn't seem there it's out there it's there yeah mm-hmm. and that was a really for anyone listening i highly re- recommend a class like that as besides yeah. a cpr mm-hmm. life-saving class taking a um that survival yeah. survival class is really helpful. It really is. Because here's the thing. Regardless of where you are in the country, we are in L.A., it's always it's something. It's either it's gonna fire. Be her, fire, yeah. hurricanes, mm-hmm. tornado, tornadoes, tsunami. Tsunamis. We, I guess we could have those. <laughs> yeah, we could. I don't think we have any of those. But, there's a couple... Yeah. Hot plane. There's a couple of places where you see the signs for tsunami warning. I mean, New York, Seattle. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Even I'm in sure. even in, even in Florida. Florida. Yeah, out here on the West Coast also. Mm-hmm. So you have those things. But another big thing too, when you start t- thinking about disasters and things like that, which can happen in anywhere, any community, you know, things like that, is knowing where your where your disaster pods are. And a lot of people don't know where their disaster pods pods are in their community. Like PODS, yes. disaster pods. What yes. is this? So, in every it's an interesting thing. Everybody's probably passed by one, just didn't even know what it was, didn't even think about it. So let's say here in LA, if an earthquake would have happened, or people places where there are tornadoes, usually they're at like schools, churches, um, where else? Like um, parks. 
you'll just randomly see like it looks like the back half of an 18 wheeler is just sitting there but if you look at it on it it'll say um it'll say um emergency response interesting yeah. you and know what i think disaster. about i have seen those yeah around. and in there guess what we have water you know perishable goods you know those those stuff that you eat that lasts for like 10 years mm -hmm. you know it might not be the best but i might need to eat calorie that. yeah i need i just need to get the calories but mainly the water and you know just kind of like supplies for if there was a natural disaster you know that pod uh, make it because it's just basically just sitting there and it gets shaken up a little bit but i have supplies in there so you want to know where the closest one to you is but who has the key that's a whole nother question. <laughs> I mean, Somebody in the area does have it. Yeah. Hopefully that person, yeah, I, hope I never die. thought about that. Yeah, hopefully that person makes it. Hopefully there's more than one person with that. Yeah, yeah it probably is. Yeah, but but those pods are there for the community, your local yeah. community. But and that's there. another thing too. I mean, before you toss out your old pair of sneakers that are trash beyond recognition, maybe think for a second, throw them under your bed. Because yes. in the middle of the night, if there's a disaster of some kind and you go to you don't go to bed with your shoes on, no. and they may not even, they may be in your closet. You may be a Mr. Rogers type or whatever, mm -hmm. that if you have yeah. just even something to keep your feet from getting cut yeah. up, it's going to be huge. Yep, huge. I always say, keep that old pair of shoes, always throw them, throw them in the trunk before you throw them away. Mm. Because more, you 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 might have something in the house where I'm going to be able to put it on real quick, but you're in the car. And you have on your your fancy shoes. Ladies have on their sexy shoes, mm -hmm. but you don't have a pair of sneakers. And some men, no judgment. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> your flats, your 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 guys. We call them the click clacks. Yeah. <laughs> you walking, you clacking down the street. But yeah, that's not a comfortable shoe. Always keep a pair of tennis shoes in a car. Yeah, you never know. And some never basic, know. just smart medical, yep. little basic supplies. Yeah. I think I even have a, one of Roll those shiny. Bandage. Blankets in my car. Oh, do you have to keep you warm? Yeah, I yeah, have one of those. Warm, yeah. I have a wool blanket. Wool I have blanket. a shiny blanket. I have those pills that makes water drinkable. Oh, really? See, yeah. I don't even have that. Yeah. No, so, I didn't hang out with you then. I'm not. <laughs> I was just thinking if it's a disaster, I yeah. want you somewhere nearby for sure. I always tell people, <laughs> if you want to pass out, pass out next to my car. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I'm going to no shock kidding. you and everything. So <laughs> have you yourself been to a bunch of disaster areas? A few, not not a bunch, but but a few. Like, um, I think the biggest one, the, the biggest one that I went to was um, in Haiti when they had the uh, when they had the earthquake there. That one, um, Houston, a couple of years ago. Yeah. What is that so, like to to step into that absolute bedlam? Yeah, Katrina. I'm thinking of Katrina. You're a Katrina. Uh, yeah, it is. It's. It's really gratifying to do it, but it's mentally taxing um, because you love to help and you're giving supplies. You're doing everything that people need. Like, like that's what we do as humans. We give. We give to other people. Um, and I, I think that's how, what we should do. Um, but when you think about the circumstances that person is in, I think when you come back home, that's when it all hits you. When, when it really hits you, you think about it when you're there, but this person's lost everything. And depending on the scene and the situation, that person could have saw the person they love the most get wiped, swiped away. You know, you're dealing with people that are taking medications. They no longer had that medication. And then you go back to, you know, that sense of survival. Some people are in that true survival mode. Like I listened to your podcast. Can't remember the guy's name about the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Eric. Uh, yeah, Eric. 
His grandparents. His grandparents, yes. But when you don't have your med, you, we we take so many things for granted. And then when you don't have those things, you're you're you kick into a whole nother place. Um, when when you have nothing, um, when you've seen people close to you have been lost, and here's the thing: you're just out there. Because it's not like, okay, so vulnerable. you're so vulnerable because right when they, they, that emergency happens, boom, it goes through. Nobody's there. When that water's rising on you, nobody's there. You're just trying to live. You got people in wheelchairs and all of this and that and the other. At that point, a whole nother being takes over you. And this is just listening to other people talk. I got to live. How much is my will to live right now? And then if I do make it through that. How much is my will to live to wait till somebody come get me and I don't know when they coming? Or I might see people, I might hear a helicopter, but they're a mile away. When are they going to get to me? Because I'm struggling. I got, a, I got a car on my leg. You know, things like that. You know, to prevent yourself from going in shock and things like that. So it's really true survival and you meet these people who have survived some horrific you know situations and circumstances and you know just to be able to give to those people but it, it is it is it's a lot and please yeah, lot. anyone yeah. listening don't drive your car into deep water no don't do it even yeah. not so deep water it's just not worth it yeah things happen water is extraordinarily powerful yes it is and here's the interesting thing that people don't think about you don't know how deep the water is you don't know if there's a sinkhole underneath somewhere and that's what gets people they like i've driven over the street i live here i know this street you don't know it once it's covered with water Mm -mm. you don't know it and that current looks like it's not much but if 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 a current if water is deep enough to get to the middle part of the rim of your car it could take your car yeah, and if it's strong enough of yeah. a current to hit and it hits fissures that are already in the street that you maybe have not have noticed when you're driving mm-hmm. over it dry or even in the rain, exactly. it could take that and push that open mm-hmm. and then God knows what's underneath. Underneath that, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because you're putting pressure on a place that's already been weakened. Because mm-hmm. you, your car, truck, or whatever, thousands of pounds that you're going across there with. So. What do you think the most dangerous of all the natural disasters as far as survival might be oh that's a good question dangerous as into the likelihood of more uh victims casualties earthquakes yeah i figured that was gonna be it falling debris and yeah because the the earthquakes is is because we're sitting here right now we're in la we don't know we don't know hurricane we know we know what's coming. We know what's out there. We know which direction is moving. We even know how fast the wind is blowing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, inclement weather. I'm from Georgia. And I've seen a tornado or two. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Into Nashville. Yeah. But you know what? You, you know the weather's getting bad. They you, tell you and the sirens give you the pretty sirens fair get, warning. Give, mm, give there you are the fair a couple warning. that come maybe without warning, but for the most part. Well, for the most part, yeah. They know. When it's at nighttime, obviously we can't see. And uh, but but you know there's a storm and you know and I'm anyone that's lived there, anyone that knows, they know the color of the sky changes. Yo, they know yeah. that the birds go. Nope, I'm it out. It's quiet. You know? it, it is. And then it, then you hear like a train sound. Mm-hmm. 
train. And that train I mean, and is that the, is problems. Yeah, yeah, big time. And is and, and the is, wind and the hail. If you see wind, hail, get, get go, you get, in the go downstairs. Basement. Go downstairs. That's what mom's like. Come downstairs. Get Let's do downstairs. this. We are we are sleeping downstairs because if because you know sometimes like you know the storm is coming. They talking about it on the news. And I remember my mom saying, "Okay, we're sleeping downstairs tonight. We're not sleeping upstairs because by the time you hear the train, it's too late." In the middle of the night. No, we're mm. already downstairs. Mm. And it does so sound like a train. Down. It's so it does. weird. It really does. The cowl when flies by that. the window and you're like, yep, that's, <laughs> exactly. that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm in the Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. I'm looking for the uh, the goal to click my heels three times. Yeah, the earthquake yeah. thing is crazy too because it also can cause those other problems. It can cause the water the problem problems. and the, yeah. Yeah, it can cause the, you, you're dealing with gases. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with fires. Yeah, like we just recently had the one. I can't remember. It's November year, yeah. the big one, or which? Um, oh, you mean the one? Oh, it's about the two one, months ago. Yeah, right? yeah, that yeah. one. Mm, yeah, that yeah. one. Did I can't that cause a fire? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Tons of fires because Oof. it breaks the gas mains. Oh yeah. And that was a really bad, bad um, earthquake. It's yeah. just that it happened that's like in a the, seven point something. Yeah, that is that's a that's strong, so strong earthquake, but. Um, it was kind of far out with the density of people. It wasn't that dense with people. Mm-hmm. But the people who were there, oh, they still were covering from that. Yeah. I don't and think that's... people realize that going from 7 to 7.1 is an exponential growth. It's not a yes. It's not a teeny tiny step. Yes. And, and they had every... two back to back. Yeah. yeah. And I felt both of them. I and, felt the second one. And we're 100 miles away. Mm-hmm. I was in my, I just got, I was just finished working out and I was sitting mm-hmm. in my car getting ready to turn on and I turn on the engine and the mm-hmm. car started going back and forth and making this, I thought the car was making the noise. Mm-hmm. And I, I turned it off mm-hmm. and I was still moving back. Uh, oh, wow. I'm in an earthquake because I've been in them before growing uh-huh. up in Washington State. Gotcha. And I looked out the window at the tree right above me and, it was and ascertained whether or not I thought it looked strong enough to not fall on the car. <laughs> and decided <laughs> that I maybe was safer just to stay. It's hard to tell with an earthquake. It's though. hard. It's hard, especially in the car. The second one I was in the car. And I was at a stoplight, and I was like, why does the car feel like I'm on a motorcycle right now? It's like bouncing. And I'm like, and then just right then and there, well, well, hold on, let me backtrack. Maybe 30 seconds before that, I'm listening to the radio, and the guy was like, oh, I think we're having an earthquake right now. Everything is shaking. And I'm just listening to the radio. And then that's when my car started shaking. Yeah. Maybe thirty seconds after that, if as it's that, moving along. Yeah, no, yeah. I was I was still I was at a red light. No, I mean as yeah. the earthquake's moving along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as yeah. the earthquake, yeah, it, it rolls, it ripples because yeah. everybody's not gonna feel it instantly at the same time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I was like, okay, the rollers here we are, are so wacky. I've yeah. been in shakers and rollers now, and the rollers are really wild. You see, know? I hadn't. I don't even know the difference. I've oh. been in L.A. Uh, like eight years and I just and one time it just feels I hate it when it happens at night because it feels like somebody just kicked my bed I'm like who yeah. in here like what's happening like nobody's here but me why is somebody kicking my bed yeah I have a lot yeah. of art up but in my room yeah. over my bed nothing there will be uh, nothing, nothing to fall on exactly. me thank you very much exactly. <laughs> other than the ceiling itself you I guess look out for yourself yeah you know? but yeah that, that that's that's part of it. but earthquakes are the worst when it comes to disasters being prepared for that like even the simple simple things like you just mentioned not having any art over me yeah <laughs> but it's crazy when you see this is my that. knife collection i have over <laughs> my bed it's lovely <laughs> exactly everything <laughs> will do that no you can't do that you got to be prepared and and being prepared if you're out and about and that happens hence having just a pair of tennis shoes in a car mm. a roller bandage a gauze because here's the thing too guess what those cell phones is things are not gonna work Mm-mm. when that stuff happens you're going to have to, all right, I am here. 
where do I need to get to? How far am I away from home? Or do I should I just post up right here? You know. And, and sometimes like that. that's safer too and to hence, not move. Going back to the title of your podcast, being a human, you know. And how to help and, others. And around how to help you. others. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. Mm. And how to help others. It's like okay, we all we're regardless of finances or anything. This just happened. We're all here together right now. Mm-hmm. If it's random people, and I'm on a four five in traffic. We're all in this right now. We got to help each other. That's a great equalizer. That's a great equalizer. It really, it truly is. For sure. It truly is. What is one a story of that you have from your experiences? Something that really sticks out of something you've come upon. Um, just in all around a story. Or maybe in Haiti, yeah. just because that was such a horrifying yeah. event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was more probably like Katrina. I think. I think it was it it was it was being, it was being at a facility like kind of outside of what, where the dome was, and just and just how people just came together, and like cause it's like we certain you always say like oh yeah, nobody cares about anybody, but we 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 really do we really do when things happen, and we're all in this situation together. Where you have I think the thing there was and it happens. I think in any disaster where you have people, they live through this. They're going to just experience the most traumatic thing that could ever happen. Seeing people pass away, but yet they're like, hey, what can I do for to help you guys as volunteers? Like, I don't have nothing. And I'm looking at them like, they're like, I don't have nothing. So at least I can help the people in my community. Mm-hmm. I've like, seen that happen too. Yeah. When Nashville had its yeah. flood. And I remember uh, in, in, in down in the Bahamas, they're like, we're bohemians. Like we're together, like we 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 helping each other, but it's a smaller island too. So you know they are a more close knit community. Everybody knows everybody. It's like being in a small town, kind of even though it's a nice sized island. But you know there's families and people know each other. So yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. As an instructor, and then as you personally, because I I imagine seeing a lot of what you've seen, it takes its toll on the psyche. So how yeah. do you yourself? deal with that personally and then how do you prepare other people to deal with that for what they're going to see they're going to see um it's interesting like you it's just talking about it is kind of preparedness but you never know how you're going to respond in emergency situation even me as an instructor i know what to do if someone passes out of faints or whatever or emt or paramedic but you can't say, oh, yeah, I'm 100% going to do this. It might catch you in the wrong state of mind and you freeze. That's why EMTs, paramedics, people like that, um, policemen, they're always they're in, they're in teams just in case you panic, just in case you don't do anything. Now, for, for me, I do stand-up comedy. <laughs> so I find I always take myself kind of out of that situation i look at the light that people truly have i love my personality is upbeat and happy and things like that i love to laugh so yeah comedy is my thing when are you going to be performing stand up you know for Uh, or how they might follow you how about uh, that um you can follow me at jermaine comedy on instagram jermaine comedy jermaine comedy on instagram and i post my show and you're an actor yes i am an actor. that you should you sent me your imdb and my (laughs) hair blew back i couldn't believe all this stuff i kind of left that out huh (laughs) yeah talk about that a little bit oh man so wow where, where do i start with the acting um i did study theater at georgia southern university 
That's my alma mater. Played football there too. Huh? Had a scholarship. I was pretty good. But what did you? What? I was gonna say, what part did you play? What position did <laughs> what was you play? I was a cornerback. Yeah, okay. I was a cornerback. Cornerback. Yeah, I was a cornerback at Georgia Southern. My best friend Ellen, who's really into football, just laughed because she knows I have no idea what that means. <laughs> what that and means. She's listening and she just went, you don't know what that is. I'm like, I really don't. Would you know. do, ask me what position? That was good enough. That was good enough. Um, yeah, so I started taking theater at Georgia Southern University and I liked it. I really liked, you know, the whole theater thing. But I never was saying to myself, oh, I'm going to become an actor. So to make a long story short, I end up. Um, that was that was in college. Then I went back home and I started working in the hospital, um, doing cardiac rehab. And then I started working for the. Re- then I got out of that and moved and started doing the Red Cross, the more preventative side of cardiac emergencies. And then I got an opportunity to transfer my job from Atlanta to L.A. Then you move out to L.A. and then you start meeting people and everybody's an actor. And I'm like, I can do that too. <laughs> so that's kind of how how it started. You've the done whole, a lot. Yeah, I, I, I've been fortunate. Yeah, it's <laughs> I've great. been fortunate. Do you have an agent and stuff? Yeah, I have yeah. an agent. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I have an agent. I have an agent, and I have a manager. And then even with the comedy, people are like, how you get started in comedy? That started on a dare. Yeah. Yeah, I was at the place, and this comedy comedians they sucked, and I was like, they suck. Oh. And then my friend was like, you can't get up there and do it. Right. I feel like it's such a brave thing. I go and watch at Second City. I go and watch the stand-up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I just, I think it's so brave. I'm so, and it's neat to go, because um, the same people a lot of times will do mm-hmm. the open mic. Mm-hmm. And it's been really fun to watch some of them really grow. Yeah, you the progression. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's... I've been trying to get up the guts to do it myself. You just got to grab it. Yeah, I've written out a ton of... I see? Yeah, I got oh. it more than enough for that three minutes. <laughs> I'm going to have to meet you there and put terrifying. you on the spot. Terrifying, <laughs> I know. It's so brave. And I'm I just, like, <laughs> next coming to the stage is Susan. I remember one of the questions that I wanted to ask you uh-huh. um, health-wise. Health-wise. Uh, mm-hmm. Why do heart attacks in women present differently than heart attacks in men? Ooh... Do you know the answer that to that? That is a real good question. I do not know the answer to that. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. It's weird that, I mean, we have the same functions and things. That's, that's, that's true. I think it has, a, you know what, I, I, I would be guessing. Yeah. But I think we need it has to, find to do that with hormones out. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know men, more classic signs. The is, left arm yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, the, the chest. Yeah. Trouble breathing. Yeah. All of that stuff. And women more, neck, the jaw, the back. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. Now it can go both ways. Sure. But just in general, hmm. yeah. That that that's a good question. Yeah, we got research to do. We will. We'll yeah. we'll confirm. We'll be back here. <laughs> well, I um okay, so do you post always on the Jermaine Comedy on your Instagram for people to find your comedy show uh, yes, when you're doing it? I do. Okay. Yeah. Name some movies that they can find you into. And Ooh. I'll I'll put a list on <laughs> Hey Human Podcast on the links okay. page. But okay. is it do you have a favorite that you were like, Yeah, I did that? Um quarantine. Quarantine. Because we like scary movies. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and I don't like scary movies. I've never seen the whole movie. <laughs> in a really? minute. In a minute. Yeah, exactly. I think it would be so much fun to do scary movies. I remember reading the script at home. I had booked a part on reading the script. And somebody knocked on my door. And I just threw the script. Like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> That's how scary I am. That's how bad it is. And they probably had no idea that the person that they picked to be in the movie could actually help them with the quarantine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. They got two for two for one. They should let me be one of the doctors. Like I, I can fix this situation. You totally could have. I totally could have. Yeah. 
But Jermaine, yeah, you are fantastic. Thank you for thank your service. You. Thank you. Also, thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, for people that want to know more about the American Red Cross, they can... AmericanRedCross.org. That's O-R-G. O-R-G. As it's simple as that. Organization. Yeah, take a class yep. to volunteer, disaster services, everything is there. Yep. RedCross.org. It's yeah. important. Be a volunteer, definitely. Yeah, take care of each other and, uh, yeah. Be think, a human. Be human. <laughs> Woo. Except for you aliens and alien hybrids. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes. Thanks for listening, everybody.